The term passionate is a word thrown around and overused. Mountain life has become a hashtag for wannabe influencers. These words can overshadow and diminish the incredible people who actually live, work and play in the mountains. They have remarkable stories to tell and I'm on a mission to find them. I'm Ashley Pettit and this is the Beyond the Mountains podcast. My guest today is Yves Demier, and he's come home. His career has come full circle. He is the product of the local ski club in Valsigny. His racing career was a result of his hard work rather than his natural skiing talent. He became a professional ski racer in slalom and giant slalom racing. He raced on the European and World Cup circuit competing around the world representing France at the World Championships and the Winter Olympics. With a head for business and always looking towards the future and setting new goals, Eve's transitioned into the corporate world of sports with Dina Star Skis, where he worked with the brand's leading athletes, helping them to progress with the best equipment, pushing the boundaries of ski and boot technology. Then he had the stint at the National Ski Federation of France, whose mission was to develop future champions. Then there was the opportunity to go to the Winter Olympics for a second time, not as an athlete, but this time on the organisational team for the Sochi Games in 2014. When the director of the Valsigny Ski Resort announced his retirement, Yves grabbed the opportunity to lead the resort into the future. Now he's in charge of the ski resort where he grew up, leading the resort out of the COVID-19 closures and planning for the future of the resort and the local economy. We talk about all this and more, so stay tuned. Now, before we start the show and hit the intro music, please make sure you subscribe and follow the show wherever you listen to podcasts. It'd be great help to me if you could rate and review the show on Apple iTunes. Okay, so welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Mountains podcast, where I talk to people who live, work, and play in the mountains. I'm your host, Ashley Pettit. Let's start the intro music and get on with the show, Allons-y. Hello, my name is uh, Yves Dimier. I'm a former athlete. I spend uh, most of my life uh, skiing here in Valsigny, but also abroad, skiing and working in some other places. I have two daughters, which I like to ski with here in Valsigny, but not only. And uh, this is my mountain life. All right, so are you ready? All right, let's do this. Yves Dimier, thanks for coming on the show. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> My first question is, is I want you to take me back to when you're racing and you're on top of the res- on top of the resort, you're ready to go down the chutes. What are you thinking and what are you feeling when you're when you're up the top of those uh big scary runs? 
it can be totally different from one day to to the others for sure if you're confident in a very good shape you just uh, fix uh, you just you are excited yeah. you you have to go for it and you you're looking for the for the victory and uh, it can be also that you don't feel really good and then you are stressed and you're fighting against the the stress yeah. even if you need the stress to to be a good competitor and to to reach the the, the goal and the the good result so it depends but for sure uh, you have a little bit of stress you have a a lot of uh, ambition for sure yeah and you and you want to go for it for sure because you are trained for that and you it's your life being uh, liking competition yeah to race so when you were racing where did you where did the racing career take you because i know i looked you up and you were a european champion french champion you raced all over europe tell me about your uh, your racing career so my uh, my best results were uh, world cup podiums in slalom at the time where uh, uh, a small skier was uh, competing, uh, Alberto Tomba. Yeah, he, just a small one. The, the famous one, which at the end was a negative point because it was always difficult to beat him, but yeah. a very positive point because the the, the crowd at that time was uh, amazing. was amazing. Yeah. And my, my best result in the World Cup was in uh, Madonna e Campiglio, where I finished second behind uh, Alberto Tomba. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it was so great, such a nice memory because 45,000 spectators were on site, wow. which is a very small area. So yeah. that was crazy. And I still have this uh, memory on the head. At the end, uh, second was not as good as first, but it was almost a victory because yeah. the, 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 the crowd and the atmosphere was so nice. Can you hear the crowd when, you, when you're in the moment, when you're racing? Can, the, can you hear the crowd or you just no, own, you no, own the mouth? Normally you're, you're focused on the race. You know perfectly where, where you have to ski, where you have to put your, your feet and your, your ski because you're, so you're, you're focused on that. But uh, for sure, when you, you have so many people, you definitely hear it, yes. Yeah. What about, uh, I was looking up and is it Kitzbühel? There's one of those resorts that's a really scary run. Do you ever do one of those ones? No, I, w I was better in, uh, in slalom. I was competing slalom, G GS, giant slalom, but also combined with yeah. some very difficult downhill like uh, Vail. Uh, Tell me the about US. the difference between slalom and giant slalom. Okay, so then sl slalom is the... the um, where you have the the most uh, turny turny courses, yeah. so very short turn about ten meters from one left turn to a right turns. Giant slalom is a little bit longer. You have about twenty or thirty meters from one turn to the other, and the speed is about four average forty kilometers per hour. Yeah. So and then you go to super giants, which is a speed what we call a speed discipline. And then the turns are pretty pretty long, about uh, sixty to eighty meters from one turn to the others, and then you reach the downhill downhill course, which is a real speed discipline, when you can reach uh, one hundred and fifty kilometers per hour and uh, long jumps, about yeah. sixty more, even more eighty meters wow. jumps uh, meters long jumps. So 
I was, I really enjoyed my career. I really enjoy speed events, downhill, but I was definitely not that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty scary because even here in Valsigny, we can get some pretty decent speeds, can't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Then uh, that's what we like also when we when we ski. Huh? It's also the the the. the 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 sensation you have gliding or sliding on the, on the slope but also the speed yeah makes the, the the ski so 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 fun so you uh let's go back to where you started because you were born and bred here in the Morien and you grew up in is it St John de Morien uh, I was I, I'm born in Saint Jean de Maurienne, yeah. but like most of the Valsony Val people I really grew up here in Valsony okay yeah yeah my parents had, uh, my family had uh, came from Italy. Uh, my mother's family came from Italy after the Second World War. Like many Italians, it was yeah. there were on no the activities here. there, so they came here in uh, in Valsigny. They they work uh, having a restaurant, small restaurant, and then they they built a hotel restaurant, which is a hotel La Vieille Poste. Oh, so yeah. I personally grew up. And spent 30 years of my life in this hotel. Yeah. So I have very nice memories there. And uh, my parents met here because my mother came from Italy, as I said. They, and my father came from Tarantes. Wow. And I was working at the, um, the Col du Monsny, uh, the Monsny uh, Dam. So building the dam yeah. at that time. So that's how they met. And, uh, and then my, I, I came. So you, you're a pro, you're a, you're a product of the local ski school here. You would have spent many years at the ski school, racing up and down Valsigny, and then progressed in your career. For for sure, I always been to the to the Valsigny Ski Club, Club des Sports. Yeah, my parents were not skiers. No, they didn't they didn't ski. So I start skiing with the school, and uh, and then I continue with the with the ski club. We had a very good one at that time. Was we were one of the um, uh, best ski club in France. With about uh, one year, the best year, we had seven athletes at the in the French ski team. Oh wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. So Valsony was very active and good ski clubs. And uh, yeah, I like the sports. I would say I like sports mostly more than uh, uh, ski competition. Okay. But as I was a skier, I like for sure skiing, and uh, but I practice a lot of sports. And uh, as uh, I was not a, one of the best skier when I was young, but uh, I can say that I was a hard worker, loving sports, practicing sports every day, and then I yeah, and I increase my level. Uh, so after you're in the ski ski uh, ski club here. What was the the progression after that? Where did you go? Which you went into the the French ski ski team, and how did you progress after that? So when I, so I was in the ski club in Valsigny, then I grew up and I I uh, I went through the let's say normal stages school in Modane and the, what we call uh, ski etude, so both ski and ski uh, studies school, yeah. Yeah, and school. Then I went to uh, Albertville. Uh, when we had uh, when we studied during the summer and uh, so at that time I was uh, in the regional team and then I went to the national team uh, after my after my after my studies uh, for 11 years okay 
And then you, when, when, when did you make the, uh, the World Cup team? When did you start competing on the World Cup? Pretty, pretty late, I would say. I was, uh, as I said, I was a very good uh, athlete, but not very good skier. Yeah. So I had to improve and I worked hard. And uh, uh, I did uh, my first World Cup uh, in uh, 1987. But then for eight years, I never competed in World Cup. I had the chance to go in a World Cup because I did a very good race as I was young. I went to Wengen. I had, uh, it was so nice. I was very young. But uh, then, no, I have to, I have to practice and uh, go through the, all the stages. And I really started in the World Cup uh, in, uh, let's say, 1993. Yeah. After Albertville Games. Uh, yeah, I could have go to the Al Albertville Olympic Games, but I had a I had an injury at that time. So you're on the the French team. Was it from what 90, 93, 95? and then uh, you went to the World Championships. I've been uh, to the few World Championships and uh, to the Olympic Games in Lillehammer. Yeah, also. 94. Yeah, 94. Yeah. yeah. So you've had a racing career. You've sort of raced. Was it mostly Europe? Or did you go to the States? No, I've I've been uh, yeah, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. Training in New Zealand, competing in the US, competing in Japan, competing in Korea. What's the what are the similarities between the different nations? Are there any any like what unites all the skiers? What's uh, or what's the differences between all the countries? I, I would say skiing for sure is uh, you ski on the snow. You you have the, the you have the, the the slopes which are mostly the same. But what is uh, for sure different is the the surrounding. Yeah, yeah. So we have different mountains. If you go to Scandinavia, for example, mountains are very very short, not so not so high. I have memories every time I, I have been to uh, Japan or Korea. As it's the culture is very different. As, as it's an island, we had a lot of powder snow, a lot of powder ski, which, yeah. wa which was good. And for sure, the, the, yeah, the culture, the, the food uh, was different. And uh, that was definitely part of uh, my life, enjoying traveling. Yeah, traveling and skiing is not a bad way to stay in life. Exactly. What about Australia? Did you get to Australia? I've never been to Australia, unfortunately. You got to New Zealand, but not Australia. No, I've been to New Zealand for uh, for training, and uh, I was very close to go for Australia for to compete because they had the ski World Cup uh, yeah. at that time. But now yeah, it's a little bit too complicated to organize the the circuit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about the the Kiwi accent? Did you understand the Kiwis? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. <laughs> So um, after your racing career, you, then you moved on to work with Dinastar. Was that a, an easy progression for you from an athlete to more of a management and technical role? It was uh, pretty smooth because at, at that time I was, uh, I was still in the top 30 in the world as a skier, athletes, yeah. but I had many back back problems, uh, physical problems. So I was really thinking about uh, 
changing my life or changing my athlete's life. So, so even before, I, even I, before the end of your career, you're already thinking about the future. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I, I studied the languages. I studied some few things as as I was an athlete, and at that time, I decided to yeah to step uh, step down a little bit, think about my life. So I start working with Dinastar having a deal with the French Ski Federation that uh, I could uh, work and decide in September if I would uh, change totally my life and stop my athlete's career or keep uh, keep continuing my athlete's career. Yeah. So I made some uh, ski tests the whole summer. I was working and training at the same yes. time. And uh, that was the, the, the beginning of the short skis. Uh, by the way, I, I have to mention that I, I, I am the first uh, ski athlete having World Cup points with short skis. Yeah. So I decided pretty pretty fast to to change. Yeah. So you move. saw the advantage of taking the the shorter yeah, skis. Yeah. Then uh, I didn't win. I didn't win the World Cup, but I finished uh, 21st in my last World Cup. In was in Ofterschwang in uh, in Germany. So that was quite a good result with yeah. this uh, new. New material, totally new material. And uh, I remember the best athlete at that time, which was Paul uh, Akola, the Swiss guy who won the overall World Cup, uh, who looked at me in the morning and said, Oh, Skid Guignol. <laughs> <laughs> what is Skid Guignol? Skid Guignol. I don't know the, the word in English. It's uh, you, should, you should find, but Guignol is like... Uh, Clown. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he was looking at me and uh, laughing, but at the end of the race, he was. Uh, yeah. So he he would have been what? What length skis was he on compared to your new revolutionary skis? So at that time, my my short skis was one hundred seventy, and he was a two zero five. Wow. So 30, big, so totally set, yeah. totally big difference, and especially the the side cut was totally different. Yeah. Because the two zero five skis were thin. And uh, while the, the yeah the short skis they had the big uh, big side cut yeah the skis would have changed over the years for you you would have seen the ski technology and boot technology Co change tremendously Co completely completely I remember when uh, when we were young at the start we had the GS skis about two two meters uh, yeah two meters and ten centimeters long yeah very narrow and uh, I mean you're what you're 189 180 centimeters two foot uh, 182 so your skis are like another 20 centimeters longer than you yeah yeah, yeah. they were they were longer but the, the the biggest difference I would say is the 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 side cut so the skis you had to put a lot of pressure on it to to make them turning turn yeah. while now with short skis you just have to to change the angle of your yeah, feet or knees, short, and, uh, yeah. and they turn easily. So it's totally different. Yeah. So yeah, you're on the Dina Star team. You're you're uh, testing all these revolutionary new side cuts and lengths, and uh, that must have been a pretty uh, nice period of time to be testing skis and. And working with Dina Sara, and also you worked with some good athletes at that, that time. Yeah, that was that was definitely interesting. I was uh, testing skis with uh, Slovenian athletes like Jure Kozir, and then when I really decided in uh, in September not continuing my uh, athlete life, so I I did work with uh, Dina Star with uh, pretty famous athletes like. Uh, Body Miller, Jean Pierre Vidal, and uh, that was really yeah. interesting. Body Miller is a big athlete. 
Vladimir has a big athletes for sure. And then the Norwegians also. Yes, yeah. Hughes, Kretil under Armut. And uh, yeah, few, that was really interesting. Few gold medals there. Few gold medals, yeah. And we we had few gold medals with them, with Dinastar, which yeah. was very nice. And interesting things was also, despite working with very good uh, athletes, was also to to understand and to to see how they were um, they were um, what they were training they were thinking uh, which was totally different from a US guy like Body Muller or a Norwegian guy like yeah. Omot and Kuse mentality is totally different but well, we know that uh, in the normal life, they are different, but the, in the athlete's life, the way they train, the way they think, it's totally different. Give me some examples of how they train. Like, what's the American mentality versus a uh, European? How do they, they how do they train? How do they think? What's the differences there? Well, let's say uh, American. There is for sure with, with one thing which is different, and uh, Body Miller was a uh, was a good example. The they are having fun yeah. all the time. Having fun. Okay, they are very good competitors. They are training hard, but they always are having fun. And sometimes uh, they are supposed to train on the slopes, but there is powder snow. They don't show up at the training. They go and powder snow. <laughs> <laughs> While if you look, for example, if you are, for example, a Scandinavian guy, they are really focused like Ketil Andre Hermot, who has uh, never been a powder skiing. Always training, training, training. Very, yeah. very focused. So it's it's a di- different. Yeah. Is that? Um, do you think is that reflective of the men- methods today? Do athletes have a better balance between being very rigid and training and also having a bit of fun? Is is that changing now? I would not say that because I think uh, everybody is different. Every athlete is different. Yeah. So they, they, uh, they all have their own way to, to train, to, to progress. Yeah. And that's up to the coach then to manage the different athletes and the different tech mentalities. And the, this for sure, yeah. yeah. And so after Dinastar, where did you go then? You went to the, is it the French uh, Federation. Yeah, so after seven years in uh, Dinastar Rossignol Group, because at that time it was the same group, yeah. huh? and so we were working together. Uh, yeah, I went to the French uh, Ski Federation for four years as a Alpine Technical Director. What does that mean? What does it mean? Yeah, so that means that me. you're in charge of the, the in charge. You try to be in charge because it's a, it's a huge work. <laughs> yeah. To be, uh, you're in charge of the, the Alpine skiing um, uh, competition world in France. So from the ski clubs to the national team. And you try to have good results with the national teams yeah. for sure. But you try also to to build up new uh, champions. Make sure that uh, also the ones which uh, will not be champions can be ski instructors. So make sure that the whole sports, Alpine King sports, is organized in the way that you have champions yeah. and others who just enjoy doing sports. So it's a huge, uh, huge task. But uh, yeah, at that time, the Federation was not in a, in a good financial situation. So I'm pretty, yeah, pretty proud that uh, we work really hard. Having uh, 
after four years, uh, a good, strong, stable federation and a very good team that we still have now, like uh, Pinturo, who was a junior champion, uh, Fev was junior champion at that time. Yeah. He's still there and uh, even being the, the best ski in the world. So Ski Federation, that's uh, one, chasing results and get, getting uh, medals and progressing into the sport, of whether it's World Cups or Olymp Winter Olympics. And it's also developing the athletes from the juniors all the way up through to the senior senior ranks. Yeah, yeah tot totally. And even more than that, because the, 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 all the ski clubs are uh, affiliated to the federation. Yeah. So it's also starting from... Uh, from uh, five years old and how the... the, the Identifying the, talent yeah, and progressing yeah, all yeah, the coaches. Exactly. Not... Uh, yeah, with the help of the ski clubs and the help of the, the French ski school here in yeah. France. And uh, after that, then it would have been interesting because you were an athlete, you got to the Winter Olympics and competed in the Winter Olympics, but then through your experience, you then got to uh, Sochi and you were working on the organizing committee for the Winter Olympic Games. Yeah, after having participated the Olympic Games as an athlete, Please, yeah. after having participated in a, at the Games as a manager of the French uh, Ski Federation, yeah, I had the chance to go to, to Sochi and uh, work in their organizing committee, which was definitely a very, very good experience. Not so easy every no. day. <laughs> <laughs> No, definitely the the, 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 the the mentality there, the, the Russian mentality is at the end so nice, but when you don't know the people, you don't know how they how they are, how they behave. So hard for us. We don't definitely don't have the same mentality. No. They can they can uh, one example, they can lie. They can uh, lie. They can lie. And uh, don't feel so disturbed as we can because it's part of their their education. Okay, it's lying. Not such yeah. a big, so it's not such a big problem. You can uh, you can use using the way to to reach a goal by lying. Yeah, which uh, in in my my mentality, in our mentality, yeah, me they, no, it's not the way we we behave, but that's how they are, and. Uh, also, one uh, other example is uh, for them is being polite, not saying uh, hello to a, a woman. Yeah, okay. And uh, the first time I, I was there with an American colleague, a colleague. Yeah. And uh, I was always uh, disturbed when uh, Russian colleagues they were saying hello to me. Not and to, not, not to, to her. So that yeah. was, uh, sorry, but uh, yeah. But then after, yeah, we get used to that, and uh, and uh, okay, and for sure, organizing Olympic uh, games is How long whether you are in Russian or in another country is definitely complicated because it's huge. How long was the process? How long were you there on the on the project? How long was the project so for? I spent three and a half years there. Yo, so I came there while the the, the ski resort was uh, starting to build some um, some lifts. Yeah, I was there for the first opening for the public and the, the skiers, and uh, and my biggest uh, task was to uh, to find and train uh, about uh, one thousand and two hundred people just to work in the. Uh, 
Alpine field. On the field, so what were the roles and responsibilities of those different 1,000 people? So to make sure that the, the sport event will be organized properly in any case, while it was, if we were ready, if it would have snow one meter every night, would have teams working uh, 24 hours during uh, three weeks. So it's what, groomers? Right, you have groomers, you have sleepers, you have, uh, then you have all the judges, gatekeepers or everything. But yeah. the, the most the most important was well, snowcat groomers, for sure. Snowcat so groomers, a lot yeah. of snowcats and a lot of uh, drivers. But also all the the, um, the crews who could uh, side sleeping the fresh snow, who could uh, who could inject the snow to be to have hard. Yeah, you inject the snow with water to make it icy yeah, yeah. and really hot and really yeah, hard for sure. And the goal is to have the to make sure that you have a proper uh, proper base for the safety of the athletes mainly. Yeah. So one thousand one thousand people were responsible for. Yeah, and the, the it was the, the biggest challenge at the beginning, uh, not to find one thousand people, but to to find the proper middle management. Yeah, and uh, to trust them. To uh, I, I had when I came there, I had a very very nice assistant who was not scared. He was he was in charge of organizing alpine skiing for the games. Huh? Uh, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> but he was not a skier, but. He was so nice and so friendly to organize party because it was his life. <laughs> he was coming from Moscow, working for uh, an oligarch uh, who, who made his, uh, his business in nightlife. Yeah, okay. So that was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so after the Olympic Games, you would have had a big party then to celebrate. Uh, this, this if, if I had to say that I have a, a memory which is not that positive, that was... Really, this one, the party after the games. Yeah. We Why? had terrific games. It was perfect. Uh, we, had, uh, we, we managed our, our, our task properly. But after the games, which was the Paralympic Games, by the way, uh, mid-March, Russia uh, came into Crimea. Okay. Yeah. And and the situation, the international situation, the political situation yeah. was not that good. And I was talking with my colleagues. Huh? I spent three and a half years with them. Uh, we had very nice uh, contact. But as I realized that as soon as I was talking about this, there had they they had no there were I had no possibility to to change their mind. Yeah, you couldn't say okay yeah. if. You're French, we are Russian, we do what we, we want. Crimea is our country, so if we want to uh, invade or go to Crimea, it's our right. Yeah. So then I realized that, uh, okay, I had uh, success in my mission, it was time for me to go back home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a segue that you think, okay, we're finished here, let's just leave it at that, let's part as friends and get out of the political situation. Yeah. So after that, then you obviously came back to Valsini. You've come full circle. Yeah. So the, while I was there in in Sochi, so I discussed with the the, the municipality yeah. here in Valsini, and the, the they had the the guy who was uh, in charge, uh, director of the ski resort, will get retired. So they they offer me the job, which I accept with uh, well, with pleasure and. Uh, 
enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, I came back right after the Paralympic Games. One week after I was there, working in Valsony. Uh, and uh, I'm there since seven years now. Yeah. And I'm still uh, really, really enjoying this work. Still enjoying it? What's, still what's enjoying it? because it's, it's never the routine. No, never change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather, never change. Yeah, the weather. We, which is the case, uh, I would say, in a mountain. Uh, mountain is never a routine, but in this job, you always have something to do. Uh, or in the, the finan financial uh, uh, topic or uh, marketing, commercial, technical. Sales, Very marketing, yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, Take me through what's your what's what's the daily life here? What's your responsibilities and what's the day day in the life in the winter season look like for you? How so many staff you got here? And so the the, the company which makes uh, fourteen million turnover uh, during the winter, normal winter. Yeah, yeah, we, we uh, get to COVID uh, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have uh, the the. <laughs> The peak season, which is in the winter, 182 uh, employees run, running in the, 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 the ski resorts. About 80 people working on the, the lifts, gondolas, 23 people on the uh, ski, uh, ski patrols, 16 uh, groomers and yeah. uh, admin, administration, administrative staff. So, yeah, pretty... Pretty big company with a lot of people working. And when is, let's talk about winter, but when does winter start? Because winter probably starts now. You're thinking about winter even now or in the middle of summer. De de definitely, yes. I would say that as soon as the, the winter season is uh, launched, for, for me as a director, is more, is easier. For sure, you always have to be here. You're about, uh, you're working about every day, every night, because everything can happen uh, every day. And, uh, but uh, the most important part is before the season yeah. to prepare everything, to make sure that you will have the proper employees, the the the, the lifts and everything will be ready. And then as soon as the guest arrives, you you kind of enjoy the fact that you walk in the tourism and you you have uh, guests where are happy, smiling, and yeah. So let's. Tell me about the winter season. So it starts snowing here in Valsigny in sort of November, and then December we get the the more snow. But you're also preparing the slopes with artificial snow, so we can get from the top to the bottom. Tell tell me about that, and then what happens through the rest of the season. So um, now, for example, if we talk about now in July, yeah. we have twenty five employees. Uh, so who prepared next uh, winter season? We have people working on to make sure that the the, the man-made snow installation will will work properly. Um, for sure, we also have few lifts open here in the yeah, in the, in the summer, but hiking, yeah. And uh, okay, as soon as we get closer to the to the season, we will hire more uh, colleagues. To 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 start to put the, the all the, the the safety installations on the slope, uh, nets and uh, mats and uh, yeah, things like this, and uh, being uh, fully ready beginning of November as soon as the cold temperature come to produce to produce snow and to be ready to groom 
the snow. If we have a huge snowfall, then we start to to groom yeah. to groom the snow to have the base. And uh, being ready since two two years now, we we open uh, end of November for the the ski clubs and. Uh, yeah. And uh, because we have quite good uh, exposure here, as you know, in Valsoni, we have the we Lombard, have North, we have the North Lombard, we, which bring uh, snow, a lot of snow usually. So yeah, we are ready to open pretty pretty soon for some uh, some lucky skiers. And uh, then we have uh, our big events mid of December, Toussaint yeah. Piste. Tell me about Tucson Pieces. Was that that's one of your ideas? And uh, it's what it's two years, three years old now? Oh no, more, more. It's about uh, seven, seven years seven now. Years. Yeah, uh, we started the first uh, in 2014. Yeah, and uh, December 2014. It's definitely a big event. I was thinking that the the best way to promote Valsoni as a ski resort was to have a big event at the beginning of the season, and we. We gather all the, the all the local people's uh, social. How do you call it in English? I don't know. The, the, the people from the ski from oh, the, all the all the community and all the, all, yeah, all, the, all the community, all the different businesses yeah, yeah, all yeah, get yeah, together. All different businesses, and we think about the, the the format we could have for this event, and we came to this format, which works. Yeah, really good. It's getting bigger every year. Uh, yeah, we are even uh, obliged to to stop to stop the, the the number of people because we cannot accept so many. Then the the, the problem is the with the food and the yeah. The drink. Everyone's <laughs> eager, eager to come for skiing, and you have good concerts here too. Had some uh, big names come and sing here and, and uh, perform for us. Yeah, yeah, it's so definitely a big event with many things. You can ski, enjoy all uh, all the other activities we find on the on the snow. Here in Valsoni, you can eat, you can uh, you can drink, and uh, you can have a big party on a Saturday night with a huge, yeah, I can say huge concert. Yeah, it is huge. Yeah, and then uh, enjoy skiing on the Sunday. Yeah, and how has Valsoni changed over the years? I mean, I've been here five years and I've seen the resort change a lot, but how has it changed from you know you growing up here to now managing the resort? How has it changed? No, it has changed a lot since uh, since twenty years. Uh, with uh, Valsoni became uh, a big resort, I can say, yeah, because yeah. Valsoni was a small resort at the end of the valley, yeah. and I st we still have some people who think that Valsoni is a small <laughs> resort, which is not the case anymore because we have about uh, twenty two thousand uh, beds. Uh, in Valsoni overall from Bramont to Lance le Villard 29 uh, lifts uh, big turnover uh, um, from the ski resort and uh, which is uh, interesting in Valsoni that I would I have no doubt I have no problem to say that Valsoni is a big ski resort but in the same way Valsoni still have this uh, Village atmosphere, yeah. which is very nice. Some people say that you know you go to Chamonix, it's like a factory. It's you know you just turn over. Everyone says it's the village resort here in Valsonine, and it's a very unique situation for us. Yeah, yeah, and which is really, re really good, and become more and more uh, attractive because uh, people, our guests, are looking for that. Yeah, but the resorts changed. The lifts have changed. I mean, I know when I first started skiing here, I'd go up the Met. 
and the 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 two man was terrible, and now it's changed, and you've got the gondola here. So there's been some changes in the in the lifts and the resort. Yeah, yeah, big cha- big changes, and uh, since I'm here, uh, we invest. Uh, so, which is only six years, huh? we invest uh, about forty million euros with new lifts of Arcelin, new uh, Vieux Moulins lift, uh, new uh, Poma lift with uh, um, uh, here in Prenovel, but also a lot of work on the slopes and the on the man-made snow. Yeah, and uh, things also like uh, a canopy, which is at the top of the ski resort with a beautiful view yeah, to, on the view. lake. So uh, yeah, we definitely try to to develop uh, yeah big things like uh, new lifts, which cost a huge amount of money, but also small things like like canopy and uh, yeah, some extra things to see when you're skiing here. I, I've uh, started to enjoy skiing at Terminion. I just wish there'd be some new lifts in Terminion rather than the, the bottom drag lifts. So it's a, it's a good good way for me to talk about this because it's our new big investment project. Yeah. We are still uh, working on. The plan is to invest about 20 million euros uh, in 2024. Or 2025, because as you know, the, the, the situation with the, the COVID is a little bit complicated. But still, we we were helped by the French government this yeah. year, which which might uh, give us the opportunity to keep our investment program. Okay. So Terminion is, a, is the one we are thinking about now. With uh, yeah, different project, different ideas, uh, gondola or not gondola, and for sure we in, uh, we include in our um, in our reflection in our mind the fact that we should not think only about winter, but also in for the summer, yeah, and also the fact that with the climate change. Terminion and mostly the, the, the lower part, lower part of Terminion is, uh, yeah. Yeah, is uh, really uh, sunny there. So, but the upper part, the upper part of Terminion is such a fantastic ski zone. I love skiing there, but sometimes the, the drag lift and the bottom lift it, it's a, it makes for a, a tiring day. But the skiing over there is fantastic, and the off piece zone over there is is would be fantastic for an off piece zone over there. Yeah, yeah, but let's say all the uh, all the slopes, the situation there, the snow is usually really good really there. Good, yeah. the, the, the the view is uh, amazing on the Parc National de la Vanoise. So one thing which which is sure that we want to change the two drag lifts from to one uh, six chair uh, detachable chairs lift. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we will have the the, the financial uh, potential to to make this pretty fast. I hope so. You mentioned uh, the importance of summer. Is that something you're co- you're conscious of when you're seeing the impact that summer can have on the resort? And you know, I I love to mountain bike and hike, but mountain biking in some resorts is almost parallel, almost with some winter sports now. You know, but uh, I would not say that in uh, in France. I know that, like let's say in Vancouver in Canada, it's yeah. uh, the, the 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 summer part with a uh, mountain bike is pretty big. We we do work uh, on this to the, together with the, the the community, municipality, and uh, Comcom. But uh, yeah, it's not so easy, you know. You we have here a lot of uh, 
very strong uh, agriculture. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the local farmers here uh, have been here generations and yeah, generations. Yeah. And, and uh, which is really positive for the ski resort. We yeah. were talking about the, the, the fact that we have a village atmosphere and the, the guests uh, like it. And it's thanks to the, thanks to the local people, even the, the agriculture part. But when you want to develop some uh, other um, activities, like summer activities, it's not so easy. Yeah. Quite easy and, uh, to have ski snow on the on the ground in the winter and then, no cows. Yeah. and then there are cows in the summer but yeah. uh, have mountain bikes and cows it sometimes it's not so easy but then we we working on it and uh, i always said also also that in valsony is so big as so many uh, attractive points like park national lavanoise uh, monsny lake which are you don't need the, the lifts You don't need the, no. the leaves to go there. So it's we have our own uh, concurrence. I don't know if it's a proper English word, sorry. I don't know what concurrence. Uh, we, have a, we have a unique situation with the access to the Vanoise. You can get access and mountain bike and hike, and the lake is a fantastic place to go biking around. Yeah. So we definitely work on the to increase the, the product around the, the lifts to go to the to the left. To yeah. the lake, for example, because it's quite easy. You take the lift, you are high in altitude, and then you just have to cross and yeah. you go around the lake. Beautiful. Yeah. And speaking of summer, and the, you mentioned it once before, but the the impact of global warming and the environment. Are you you've seen that, and you're conscious of that. And is the resort sort of you know in that direction, or you you what are you doing in, with global warming and the we, we are definitely aware of that and more than uh, much more than when people think because it's our life it's our business we live here we want to to keep our uh, our to keep our business to keep our, our environment so we definitely uh, have this in mind uh, we also have in mind that uh, on all the, the the studies they make that Here, especially here in Valsony, we will have snow for about without any problem for 30, 40, 50 years, mostly on the top. Yeah, and then we definitely know that on some parts, yeah, we will have some difficulties having snow. So that's why we we think about, uh, yeah, moving a little bit some on some other activities or thinking differently for the investment we will make. Yeah. This uh, we mentioned that the this is a real community and uh, village atmosphere, but everyone must have an opinion here. Like all the locals have an opinion. Tell me about some of the, if you can, the the local politics. Because it must make it difficult sometimes here, being a small. It, it, it resort. is. It is. Let's say it's it's part it's part of the part of the job and part of my job. So I, I know it. Even yeah. sometimes it's quite complicated reading some few things on uh, social, social networks, yeah. social medias. And uh, okay, just to to resume the the situation there, I've been accused to have made bad things even when I was not born. Yeah. So then uh, you understand the situation. Sometimes it's quite complicated. Yeah. But your response, there's the, the impact of the resort. You can, the resort is ingrained in the economy here. You know, the winter season, all the restaurants, all the hotels, they the biggest part of the year is the winter season. So, you know, the, your 
not you're not just responsible for the ski resort, but the ski resort is responsible for the greater economy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we we are used to say that uh, one uh, euros uh, owned by the ski resort, it's six more additional euros uh, earned by the others uh, businesses yeah. in here. So, so I can say that uh, thanks to the ski resorts, it's about 100 million euros, which is uh, the, which represent the economy. Yeah. Here in in Valsony, and uh, for sure the, the 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 ski resort is really important. For sure, the local population is very um, focused on the on what the what the ski resort is doing. Yeah. But mainly because it's uh, owned by the municipality. Yeah. So it's it's, it's a different. local people uh, business or. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a stranger here. I'm not a local, but maybe I can say I think some local businesses maybe need to concentrate on their business and what they do and how they develop their business, and then they will reap the greater benefits of the resort as well. For sure, but I, I know you're from Australia. You di you discover the French mentality. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, we had the 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 Euro football Euro now. Every single French. Um, is uh, think he's the, the the national team coach, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's the same for the ski resort. Everybody thinks that he has a better idea than the other, but as soon as you ask them to come and meet or and discuss, yeah, not, not so many come. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes, yeah, it's right. difficult, but, but it, it's part of our life. Okay, it's yeah. it's also difficult and. Uh, and it's also the, the yeah the situation easier to to speak in a bar with some friends than uh, that bringing positive uh, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the economy, last year, last winter, we had COVID hit, and you know the the whole ski resort, the whole French economy, and the Alpine and Pyrenees, the ski resorts, all had a terrible season. Tell me, tell me what the impact and what happened last year, and then. You've just come back from Paris where you were preparing for the coming ski season and with COVID measures. So tell me about last year and then what you're preparing and what the ski resorts and the ski federation is preparing for the future season. So if we talk about, if we think about last season, I was just, first of all, think about the, the people, the local people. Uh, ski resort employees, but also the others working in Valsani. It was a very tough situation. So people with, uh, were unemployed and uh, thinking uh, about what they could do. So that was really, really hard, especially at the beginning. Then we were lucky in France because the, the government did the proper things. Yeah. They helped us a lot. That's the reality. So they helped uh, almost everyone a lot, even our ski resort company, uh, which will uh, yeah uh, give us the guarantee that we we will invest in the in the future. Uh, then uh, saying that we all know that the 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 biggest challenge we have now is to make sure that we'll have a let's say normal season uh, yeah. next winter. Uh, because uh, yeah, to 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 keep investing, to reimburse 
the 14 million we invest last last season so we need we need uh, income yeah, we, we need income that, so yeah. now we need guests so we we know um today that we have change, challenges uh, that's why we were in paris with the 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 french uh, ski resort uh, entity and some uh, politics and talking about the the what we could do to prepare next season we all come to the conclusion that uh, something like this could never happen again we hope. but who knows yeah <laughs> so so we're going to be prepared for everything and we were already prepared last year, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I was. You were pretty confident last year that the resorts were open. That yeah, because we had a number we, of measures in place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Measures were in place, and uh, mask uh, distance, distance between yeah. guests. We are we are an outside activity, sports yeah. activity. Very good for health for everyone. Much better for for the people living in the city to come here and uh, and ski. Yeah, and use gondolas. Uh, than staying in the in the subway, for example. Yeah, we see lots of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, that's that's how it is. And for next season, we we're gonna uh, be prepared for different um, scenarios. The the best one, which is uh, everybody is vaccinated. Uh, we don't speak about COVID uh, anymore. To the worst one, which is the same situation as last year with uh, many cases. And uh, the measures we had last year will be a little bit modified. We, we're gonna, we start talking with the government with that, uh, about that. And hopefully this year they will just being, uh, let's say, honest, fair and take the right decision. Yeah. Because closing the skill, closing the, the, the lift was definitely uh, not the right decision. No, it's a bit difficult decision for everyone. On that note, let's bring it back to some local knowledge. Uh, and, you know, you growing up here, I want to know what's your favorite place to ski here? So I would say two two slopes, and, and I still uh, really enjoy, uh, definitely uh, would like to be at 9 a.m. on the top of those slopes every morning, I'm but there. I cannot. <laughs> Which is uh, Le Bois des Coques in Valsenis Termignon and uh, Larcel in yeah. Valsenis Lance Villa. Larcel, it's good, Larcel. Yeah. yeah, through the forest there. And yeah, exactly. There. So they are quite steep slopes, but you can uh, make some nice turns, some jump in the middle because you cross some roads. Yeah, so it's definitely really nice. Uh, what about you're you're a racer by heart, but you'd like to ski off piste, and where do you like to ski off piste? I do like seeing off piece, but uh, okay, being very careful. So the the one I do I do like the 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 most is definitely the one uh, going uh, through or toward the the lake, the Monsny Lake. The view is so nice. Yeah, you, you have the feeling that you're skiing uh, to the lake. Yeah, that's my uh, that was my objective for this winter or the last winter was to progress to off piste. Um, I think I skewed pretty well on on piste. I'm pretty confident and and I, I got a good level. But now it's trying to get off piste, so I have to wait till next winter now to go off piste. Yeah, and I'm sure that your very good friends here will teach you, right? Yeah, I've got some good friends that are ski instructors. So uh, yeah, they've said, Ashley, no, your your level's good. Uh, you're ready for the off piste. So 
that's what I want to do. Um, you've traveled around the world a lot. What do you think is the most French thing about you? About me? Yeah. Me, Yves Dimier. Yves Dimier. What's the most French thing about you? My uh, English-French accent. It's <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> uh, well, maybe that I like uh, fondue a lot. Yeah. And local cheese. <laughs> What's your favorite local cheese? Before, for sure. Yeah. Any others? No, I like I like I like fondue a lot. So okay, uh, every kind of cheeses, but fondue is perfect for the fondue. Yeah, uh, Beaufort is perfect for the fondue. I know when you're an athlete, you did a bit of bike riding too. So uh, where do you like to bike ride around here? I uh, do really enjoy when I was an athlete. I was for sure uh, doing a lot of bike running and climbing and everything. But since I'm a little bit older now. I do enjoy my uh, electrical mountain bike. Yeah, I'm, uh, really, you're converted. Re- yeah, yeah, for sure, no doubt. But uh, I'm still doing uh, efforts. You still with, with doing this. road bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're doing the and road I, bike. I have been road bike few times, but not so, not so much, yeah. not so much. Because when I was an athlete, I had the back problem, and I was uh, definitely uh, bicycle was not so good for me, okay, so yeah, I yeah. kind of stopped. And uh, okay, but with my uh, mountain bike, I do like to go. The most beautiful place I like to go is uh, Au Fort de la Tura or uh, Col de Solière, and you go down the yeah. same I towards uh, Mosny Lake. I did uh, Col de Solière, and uh, last year I rode up to Montefiore. Ah, yeah, and that was beautiful. I want to go back to Montefiore next year. And last year I did uh, Fort de Melamo on the VTT. Ah, with, with, I, have, yeah. I haven't been there. I yeah? love it. It's yeah. one of the highlight I've done this year. Last year was Fort de Melamore. Beautiful. Have you been some? Have you seen some uh, animals? Not no, sure. a chamois and Bhutan. I haven't yeah, seen no? them. No. Yeah, they are very often there in Melamore. You know? Yeah, it's the one thing I haven't seen is the Bhutan. Um, where is the? Where do you'd like to take friends and clients to eat and drink here? To eat and drink uh, here, so I have many, yeah, uh, many, have many, many, many restaurants, many places I would uh, advise, but then it's difficult for me to, to, yeah, you've to got talk to, about more about one you've or got the your other. Director's head, so be let, careful let's, here. let's say I will, I will make an answer which maybe not the one you you're waiting for, but just taking a backpack, so a piece of uh, cheese, piece of saucisson, bread, a beer, climb a little bit to uh, Fort de Ronce. You're above the Mosny Lake, yeah, and you just enjoy uh, eating a little bit, drinking marmots yeah. all around you. So that's the best. Yeah, and no, it's pretty special up there on the Fort de Ronce and around uh, around the lake out there. Um, you're a tea or coffee drinker? Coffee drinker. Yeah. What do, what's the sort of coffee do you like? No, any any kind of coffee in the morning, and uh, yeah, I also like uh, tea with milk. Okay. <laughs> in the afternoon. Um, t- which is your your resorts, uh, Velsini? But w- tell me about what makes Velsini different from the other resorts here in uh, in the Alps. So I would say a few things. As I said in the beginning, is the fact that uh, Valsoni is a big ski resort, and at the same time, uh, 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 villages ski resort with some villages, local people living here all year round. 
And uh, so that makes something uh, very interesting in Valsony. And uh, for sure, talking about the ski resort is a high altitude ski resort, very good exposure for the snow. Yeah, we had the north so face. So we we have we have snow since I'm here. Uh, we have had very tough uh, years with uh, poor uh, snow conditions in France in general, but not really in Valsony. Yeah, we always had snow here. Yeah, yeah. Um, favorite treat? We've done favorite cheese. Um, what's a good day look like for you? A good day. At work or uh... let's say work. What's a good day at work? <laughs> no, a good day, good day work is uh, starting from uh, waking up, having a lot of things in the head that you think about all night already, and uh, but with some uh, some clear tasks you can uh, achieve during the day. Yeah. So coming to uh, to the office with a list of uh, to do, if I to do list, and uh, doing this. Uh, very, uh, let's say, very, very fast and very efficiently. And then having time to, in the winter, to go skiing and discuss uh, and see the issues uh, with the colleagues. You still get time to ski? Not so, not so much, but still, yes, because it's part of the job going yeah. outside and talk with the, the, the colleagues and uh, see what is good, what is not good. And uh, the, the, we have to say that uh, it's pretty easy for us. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see behind you, I have my, my ski staff, my skis, my ski boots. And uh, in five minutes, I can decide to leave my computer and uh, jump in my ski boots and uh, be yeah. on the slope. So, Good way to break, yeah. break up the day. Uh, if you weren't doing this, what do you think you'd be doing? If you weren't being here, the Valsenese, the director, ah. or let's say you weren't an athlete, what were your ambitions? Uh, no, le let's say my, my uh, most uh, most of my life was around the competition. As an athlete, as a manager, as a working for the ski industry. So I I do like uh, the 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 spirit of the of the competition of the sport in general, and uh, it was I have to say that uh, yeah when I start my job here something was something was missing you know yeah. when you're working the competition or organizing the games you have a goal and you have a target and you reach it and you can measure it while when you are working here every day. You say okay, you manage the people. You are doing you are doing a proper job. But what is what is your what is your goal? What is your target? And then I discovered that uh, okay, it's easy to to replace the the, the competition spirit uh, in the sports by the the by doing uh, proper things for the ski resorts and for the and for the local community by uh, doing. Nice investment, doing business, earning money, yeah. invest this money for the future, which is uh, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, and what about uh, skiing with your daughter? Because your daughter is quite a competitive skier too now. No, my my, my daughters, which are uh, nineteen and twenty two years old, really like uh, skiing, and uh, what I love to do with them is to to yeah to wake up early in in the in the weekend and take a day off first and wake yeah. up early being the first on the slopes skiing uh, 
everywhere, fast or not fast, and then plan a good restaurant in a terrace. Yeah. Which is which is part of the, the what we like huh? in a ski resort. Yeah, skiing is one thing for sure, but uh, having social, fun, yeah. drinking, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is what uh, this is what I like to do with my daughters. But I I think is also what is the positive point with this sport skiing. Most of the people enjoy skiing because you can do it uh, with friends, with families, with kids. Even if you don't have the same level, you can have fun together. You can have a good drink together. You can have a good food together. Skiing is not not only a lift and the skiing is also yeah everything which is goes, around. Yeah. yeah, one of the things that I love here because I haven't really had the chance to ski many resorts, but even in February when it's peak you know peak holiday season at nine o'clock in the morning, I'm first in line. I can get to the top and have a fresh. Freshly groomed, pissed all to myself at nine o'clock. At least for half an hour, I love it. It's the for me, it's amazing. You you are you are known for that, Hashi. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know that uh, when we are late to open the lift, uh, that Ashley is not happy. Yeah, wait, come on, <laughs> let's go. Um, let's uh, turn to the last couple of questions I have. I know you're you're busy, but um, I ask each question, each of these three questions for my guests. And the first one is uh, to share a story with us. So you've, you've had a chance to uh, reflect at what's one of the stories you can tell about being in the mountains um, that you can share with us. So as, as I said, I, I didn't do my homework, yeah, but, I know. But, <laughs> I, but, but I was uh, waiting for this question and I, I definitely have yeah, one, one experience, one uh, images I had. When I was uh, an athlete, I was uh, in Norway, Narvik, uh, above the, the Nordic si uh, uh, circle. At that time, I was a young athlete. I was definitely not uh, not really good thinking about what to do uh, in my life. Keep skiing or stop skiing yeah. and uh, go and, and study. And... Uh, I decided that okay in the, in the evening I say okay you go to sleep you try to sleep well tomorrow morning you wake up very early you go to the top of the mountain with the lift and then you think you think there yeah so then I do I did that I went to the top the 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 view the view was beautiful I was alone at the top of the mountain and then and then in about 1 minute I say okay easy to take the decision yeah. you enjoy this life so keep keep working on this life you want to be an athlete you don't want to be you don't want to go and study somewhere in, in a city so okay the mountains are beautiful so nice to ski to to glide to enjoy this uh, this view so keep uh, yeah keep so, going so you kept going and you kept yeah, pushing and harder I, and i still have this uh, image in my in my head in my mind that's yeah. great advice the, the, for the, anyone. the moment when i was at the top of the mountain it was uh, yeah 8 30 or 9 in the mountain alone thinking with myself yeah <laughs> good good uh good story what do the mountains mean to you or how do the mountains make you feel go continuing on that same thought um 
for for sure my my it's uh, my my uh, feeling about mountain is is changing through through years yeah when i was young uh, yeah i preferred staying in the tennis court at football field and now i'm getting older and enjoy uh, using my uh, my mountain bike E-bike. and going on the top and uh, uh mountains are are nice definitely we have to preserve it and uh, people living in the mountains are also uh, they can be tough people because living in the mountain is not so easy so yeah. you have to be a tough tough person yeah. but uh, but at the end um, yeah mountains like people are very let's say friendly and uh, um, well Welcoming, yeah, welcoming, yeah. yeah. They're tough. They're tough to, but once you get past that toughness, they they really do welcome you, welcome you into their in their lives and help you out here. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about local people, and yeah, it's it's difficult to to explain, but you, uh, I'm sure you you understand the image. The same with the the mountain, the mountain itself. Mountain can be really tough, but when you're in the middle of a mountain, it's sunny. It's very nice. It's also welcoming. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, it is. And what do the mountains teach you about life? Um, what is skiing? I, I, I don't Could, know. Yeah, yeah. We talk more about uh, yeah. skiing. What yeah, skiing yeah, taught yeah, you about um, life? Yeah, skiing, being an athlete, for sure, you understand and you learn much, a lot of about life that uh, you have nothing without work. This, yeah. this for sure. Uh, working is uh, working for me is part of uh, life because when you work you reach something and then you you have a satisfaction you have a you have a goal and you're proud of yourself and um, yeah and the, the mountain is also you we have to take care of our health and the perfect uh, mountains are perfect environment to take care of your health yeah go hiking or just to be in the forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. So uh, I'll wrap it up there. But uh, where? What's the official Valsini uh, Facebook page and Valsini's official Instagram page? They can follow you and and uh, we've got two some piece to look forward to. So what's the official Instagram and Facebook accounts? So the, the Facebook, uh, Instagram, and all social medias are uh, managed by the tourism office. Yeah. So you will find the the, uh, the Valsoni, yeah, okay. There are different one, but the, the the official one is the one with uh, about fifty thousand fans. Yeah, so this is the fans. official one because yeah. there are few others with different names and different spelling, but they are not the official ones. Uh, then, uh, if we talk about the ski resort, we have a, a LinkedIn page yeah. Yeah. where 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 we. Uh, we give more, uh, yeah, official information. It's not not for the for, not for the for guests. buying tickets in the future, for following us Instagram. You can do all that on Instagram. Uh, all the two stone piece information you can find on Facebook. So you can find on on uh, Valsony website. So www.valsony.fr uh, yeah. uh, and to buy lift tickets exactly. is on Valsony Val, uh, on www.valsony.fr. Ski. Got ski. And now's a good time to buy because it's all heavily discounted now. 
Exactly. We opened the sales uh, mid-May and uh, our baseline is uh, anticipated and uh, save money. Yeah, so plan, so, it. plan ahead, exactly. book ahead and you'll save money rather than buying on the day. So thanks very much for coming on the show, Yves. It was a real pleasure, Ashley, to talk with you. And hopefully I'll see you on Tucson Peace. Okay, nine, nine o'clock. Yeah, nine I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from beyond the mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice, but the mountains are made up of the people who live, work, and play in them.